Tappers, what's up? It is the Tuesday edition of the Daily Tap for January 26th. Hope you're all doing well. It is day two of the offseason. I hope that you guys have been able to take it all in. We're going to talk about all the takes that happened on Monday, sort of react to those, what's fair, what's foul, what's fact, what's fiction. We're going to break it all down here for you today. We are also going to talk about what was the biggest basketball storyline of the weekend locally, whether it be Marquette, Milwaukee Bucks, or the Wisconsin Badgers. We'll talk about all of them, and then we'll get into Chuck's Corner. I have some stuff about the bars that I just – some just night out things that irked me on Saturday and Sunday. So I'll, get, I'll get into all of that today. I'm excited to talk. I'm excited to – be doing this damn thing yet again as for the green bay packers and now heading into day two the takes on monday were spicy even sunday night they were i talked about it on the show yesterday a little bit and you know it was still coming in i think after i got done taping i saw the articles from florio i saw the articles from michael silver and i i mean it was just like open season. Like these guys have been just lying in the dirt for the entire year. There's nothing negative to say about the Green Bay Packers. And when the moment they get a whiff of uncertainty, they pounce. And I called them bloodthirsty today in, on the blog, and they were. And so it was this sort of culmination of, all right, here we go again. Now, did Aaron Rodgers do any favors for that? Absolutely not. His commentary was one that was not necessarily the, oh, let's go get him again. We have a good team and all this stuff. Rodgers knows knows the deal, right? He knows the fact that there could be him on the move or the fact that Aaron Jones isn't coming back or the fact that Robert Tonyan's a restricted free agent or that Corey Lindsley's probably out of here. Rodgers was, I think, talking more about that uncertainty, but it got muddled and people pounced because they want Aaron Rodgers to be like an NBA superstar. They want him to be like Kevin Durant. They want him to be like James Harden because that sells in today's sports media. How the fuck do you think the NBA has become a 12 sport or 12 month sport with all the drama and bullshit that makes it look like it's on Mari Povich? And so now we're trying to bring that into the NFL. And the first step of it is to make it seem like it's NBA-ified, where it seems like it's this NBA concept. I talked a little bit about it yesterday, but I felt like it held true even as the takes were coming out on Monday. Adam Schefter, who is one of the newsbreakers of ESPN, kind of just wanted to be the cool guy at the table. Like he's, he's definitely a reporter. He's not a former athlete. He is not an analyst. He is a reporter. He's a guy that breaks news. He's a guy that, that sort of has the scoops. That's what Adam Schefter does. That's what Ian Rappaport does. That's what Jay Glazer does. But Adam Schefter wanted to be the guy who's finally having a party and he has all the beer. He has all the alcohol. Mom supplied it. Guys, you just got to be cool. Like, don't break anything. Stay in the basement. Like, we're going to have a great time. Oh, yeah, we can't have girls over, but, like, it's going to be awesome. Like, Adam Schefter wanted to be that cool kid. So he comes up with this bogus 
fucking Aaron Rodgers retirement story. This complete – he threaded the needle. I'll give him that credit. But basically, to sum it up, was like Aaron Rodgers could force his way out by retiring first and then resetting everything, and then that would make it easier for the Packers to trade him and all of this bullshit and use the example that G- – his agents are Jalen Ramsey's and Jalen Ramsey, as we know, sat out in Jacksonville. He just webbed this entire tale. And this is not sourced at all from Adam Schefter. And remember, Adam Schefter is not this guy. This would be something from Dan Orlowski, who basically calls him an idiot. And, I, and Dan doesn't really know Aaron, given what I interpret from the McAfee show. But Dan was telling her, this is something you'd hear from like Marcus Spears or you'd hear from Shannon Sharp or even a Skip Bayless, right? This is not Adam Schefter's job. This is not his content, okay? So Adam Schefter cannot be going around and making up fake stories. I should tag Twitter for disinformation from hearing this. But this is the problem with today's sports media is everybody wants to be the fucking cool kid. And they don't actually want to do journalism. And look, I am nowhere near journalist. I am a joke when it comes to that. I misspell words. I say the wrong thing. I am not one. I never want to be on fucking press row. That is not for me. I don't want to ask, hey, Aaron, can you talk about the, the third down play? Fuck that. I'll never be that guy. Okay. So I'm not trying to be on Mount Pius with Adam Schefter. But I'm also telling Adam Schefter, this is not your role. But, hey, Pat McAfee was gassing me up. Pat McAfee was telling Dan Orlowski to shut up. And now I look cool, man. Pat accepted me. The cool guy, he was doing beer bongs at my house. Mom, can you believe it? Like, I'm finally part of the cool kids. Shut the fuck up, Adam. Seriously, like, I, I have no problem with Sheffield. And I know you're going to say, well, Charlie, you just ranted about him for four, four minutes. Yeah, this, this is not like Woj where you're getting the bucks fined and, and everything like that. All you're doing is just creating problems. You're creating waves that don't need to be there. Now, I think the Packers have done a really good job of sort of nipping this completely in the butt. You had yesterday, two days ago, Matt LaFleur saying, hell yeah, I want him back. He's our leader. And then Mark Murphy today on a like their fifth quarter show in Green Bay on local TV goes, we'd be idiots to get rid of Aaron Rodgers. He's our leader. So that is a party line commentary from both LaFleur and Murphy saying Aaron Rodgers is our leader. So while Rodgers probably was talking about the uncertainty of the roster, that he knows that this is not going to be the same group of guys if they go back to the NFC Championship game, or hell, maybe we actually could play in a Super Bowl, he knows that this roster is going to be different. And that is exactly what he's referring to. And I think that's what you're going to hear him say on McAfee's show today, which, I mean, is must-watch. I think I have meetings, but like I have to like maybe clear my calendar – like that is a that's a must watch from him and Pat McAfee, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Like everybody else, we use that for our own content. That's how how the local radio has fucking made a killing off of that. I mean, that's 
that's half of the content there on local radio. So anyways, um, as I've just continued to rip people, that's we're having fun. I didn't know if I'd go scorched earth. I was kind of like, ah, maybe, but yeah, this is, this is scorched earth Chuck for sure. I'm not happy about this Rogers thing. And it, and look, if they got rid of Aaron Rodgers and got a haul back for him, I probably would figure out a way to defend Brian Gunnikus. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. Who knows? I'm usually on the side of the team versus the player. That's usually where I've fallen for my entire sports fandom. But I have no idea. I, I don't even really want to get into that hypothetical. But as for the whole Aaron Rodgers stuff, it was more about the team. It wasn't about him. Yeah, sure, there could be a situation where Rodgers leaves. But I don't think Rodgers is retiring after an MVP season. I don't think Rodgers truly wants out. I don't believe that Rodgers thinks that this is the way to get out of Green Bay by saying, all right, I'm going to do this for one year. I'm going to win MVP, and then I'm going to want out. Because who would trade you in that situation? Who would honestly trade you? And if Aaron Rodgers wants to pout and sit out, well, then we have a whole other story. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers is that guy. And I think Adam Schefter was just trying to make something up to look like the cool kids. All right, other topics that were were discussed uh, this to yesterday. Matt LaFleur is a scared coach who's not who can't take a big risk. A lot of people killed Matt LaFleur for not going for it on fourth down. I have went back and forth on all of it. Like I, I actually, I think when it happened in the moment and I'm watching Tampa Bay kneel out and win the game, I was ready to say like the podcast title being LaFleur pulled a McCarthy. Cause it did feel very much like Mike McCarthy. Now people will ignore that Matt LaFleur is 26 and seven as a head coach. They will forget all of that. But Here's where I like have a problem with it. Uh, and I have like, a, it's multifaceted for me. I will say I said at the bar I was at, I was at Mecca, the Mecca, which it's a glorified B-dubs folks, just so everyone's aware. Anyways, I said to my guy, Henny, I go, hey, um, I think they should take the field. I said that. I didn't tweet it out. I should have because would have got a lot of engagement. A lot of people would have told me I was wrong. But I, I would have took the points. So the way I saw it is you still get the two-point conversion. Now, if you get if you get the touchdown, but you miss the two-point conversion, what happens then? What what's the what's the outcome there? And my guy Murph brought up a really good point. Why even do the two-point in the first place when you're down when you're down four in the third quarter? Just stick with it. Just take the extra point. Because guess what? I actually think Green Bay goes if it's only seven. So, so I, I can see why Matt LaFleur did not want to go for it. Okay? But to not communicate that with Aaron Rodgers is a huge fucking mistake. And to not take a timeout, and I understand they're precious at the end of the game, but for Rodgers and him, to not be on the same page there is malpractice. And Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur have been on the same page the entire year. And I know Aaron Rodgers kind of threw him under the bus. And you can act that was cool, not cool, whatever. 
Aaron Rodgers, that's what he does, okay? Like, he doesn't take a lot of the blame. And Aaron Rodgers won't say, oh, I should have ran that, and we would have got down to the two or three and made a more compelling case. Packers needed to run the ball more in general. And Matt LaFleur relied too much on Aaron Rodgers. I probably was a little bit nicer to Rodgers, giving him a five on the star ratings today on StoneTabWI.com. So I don't think LaFleur is. And the, the, the irony of this, the thing that drives me crazy of people that were killing LaFleur is LaFleur was one of the most aggressive coaches all season. LaFleur went for more fourth downs than I think any other coach in football. You might have fact-checked that. But so the idea that LaFleur is the scaredy-cat coach is such garbage. He's not really a McCarthy. He made a decision because of probably the two-point conversion more than anything else. And they were at the eight-yard line and the nine-yard line. Now you could make the case, well, you put Tampa at the nine, maybe you get a shot. And maybe you get Tom Brady to turn the ball over for a fourth time. I don't know. And you're not in this position either, by the way, if you actually capitalize on one of Brady's turnovers. The fact they only were able to cap capitalize on one and then two three and outs not even flipping the field is fucking brutal man the third one is the Packers beat themselves that the Packers beat themselves and that's why they're sitting at home tonight and not getting ready for Tampa Bay it's very true I I can't spot the lie there there's no lie there's no Adam Schefter fake report sort of thing that's that's just the truth the Packers were the best team in the NFC. They were. And they, a lot of little things added up and led them to losing that football game. And my dad has always been a person who yells at me or yelled at me. He doesn't really yell at me anymore. But he yelled at me about details. He'd be like, pay attention to the details. Don't half-ass things. The Packers didn't pay attention to details yesterday. And that's what cost them this game. Devontae Adams drops that back shoulder pass that he's caught a hundred times. Aaron Jones, usually good with the football, fumbles the ball. The Mike Patton brain fart uh, at the very end of the first half. The kicker turn that went for 45 yards um, it, after they had scored, I think, their second touchdown in the second half. All of that shit adds up. And when you're playing Tom Brady, you got to pitch a close to a perfect game. And the Packers didn't. Packers got through it, but they they were banged up. They gave up five runs. And they, they got to maybe the sixth inning. But at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. And they are going to really regret this. And I think that's why it hurts. I, I mean, the Rodgers record of the NFC, which is part, I guess, this morning after segment that we're doing, it's such a flawed stat because, look, anyone who actually pays enough fucking attention would know. Were they good enough to beat Seattle? Yeah, they collapsed in that one too. But they were the underdog. They were on the road. Seattle, I believe, at that time was the defending Super Bowl champion. People thought Seattle was on their way to a dynasty. Yes, there's no reason for Green Bay to lose that game. And we should have got Brady Rodgers in the 2014 Super Bowl, but we didn't. And that's what happened. 
And then, but then the Atlanta one, they lost. I mean, the Packers were a mash unit. Atlanta was so much better than Green Bay. And they just blew them out. It wasn't a contest. They were starting with Troy Guy on it, fucking guard. They, they had Ladarius Gunter going up against Julio Jones. It was a mash unit. The fact they got there is a fucking miracle. And then San Francisco, they, they just weren't the better team that day. They were, they were like an eight-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. So, like, no one really respected the Packers. And there was a good stat about how Aaron Rodgers has had the worst expected play average, which is kind of the new hip NFL analytic thing from his defense than any other quarterback in the last 20 years. So there's that. But Aaron never gets help from his defense because he doesn't. So uh, the, the whole idea that this one hurts the most is extremely accurate because this is as bad as it gets. And I don't know if I put this up, up ahead of fourth and 26 or the Super Bowl loss or even 2000. It, it's right there with 2007. And I'd almost argue it's a little bit better than 2007. Because 2007, that game got to overtime and then Favre throws an interception that, that loses you the football game. And Favre was so bad in that game. And that whole year, you thought that Super Bowl was coming. And you thought the showdown with the undefeated Patriots was coming. And it wasn't. The take of, well, the Chiefs would have beat the shit out of us two weeks from now. Okay. So originally, I kind of had that take. Like, I'll admit. Like, I was like, I think I said it on a podcast. I was like, ah, God, that would be terrible to play this Chiefs team with Mike Patton and Kevin King. It would be an absolute disaster. Now, I do think Jair Alexander would shadow Tyreek Hill. So I think you would have Kevin King on, whether it be Byron Pringles, if Sammy Watkins got healthy. Um, I, I Travis Kelsey would tear up the middle of the field. I don't know. It would be a mess. But then the Eric Fisher injury really made me think that Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith, who disappointed all year, could maybe actually have a real game in this. Because you look at Kansas City's offensive line right now, and it is a tire fire. And I don't know how you can watch the Tampa Bay game against Green Bay and say, I'm going to pick against that Buccaneers front seven that absolutely wrecked shit when the Packers didn't have their full arsenal at offensive line. We'll talk about Super Bowl stuff next week, but I'm going to probably fuck around and take, take a defensive player MVP prop because I think it's, there's a real chance of Devin White or Levante David or JPP becoming the Super Bowl MVP. Because I think there is a real possibility that it could make Mahomes' life a nightmare. And not enough people are talking about it now. I think by next Friday, right, every Super Bowl storyline is covered. So you, I'm sure people will have that take. I'm sure I won't be alone in the idea that Tampa Bay's defense could wreck shit. And so I think Green Bay's could have too. Like, I think Green Bay's could have easily done something similar against a beat-up Kansas City offensive line. And that would have been the key to the entire game. If Green Bay could get pressure, they have a shot at winning. 
If they can't, they're probably going to get blown out. And that's would be the, that would sort of be the conversation for the next two weeks. So I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I think we're, I still think we're overvaluing Kansas City just a touch. And I think partly it's due to the way they beat the Bills' ass. And I think people are forgetting that A, Buffalo is a year away. Buffalo is literally the Milwaukee Bucks. I've, I said this on a podcast last week. Like they're the Milwaukee Bucks. They're one year away. And then next year really should be their year. We'll see if that actually happens. They're the Milwaukee Bucks the last couple of years, in my opinion. Lastly, if we're going to put on our tinfoil hats, get a little Alex Jones in us, prisonplanet.com. I can't really do the Alex Jones. That this is a whole conspiracy to keep COVID costs low by having him play at home. Bill Simmons brought this up kind of nonchalantly, um, but I, I don't know, man. Think about this a little bit. Like, it really saves the NFL a ton of fucking money to have Tampa Bay play in this game. Tampa Bay playing in this game cuts hotel costs in half. It cuts out a lot of the travel things that they had to worry about. It cuts out trying to make sure everybody has their practice facilities. Every, like Tampa Bay treats this like a home game. So the NFL is going to make bank because of that. Is that why Tampa got no, no penalties called against them? Is that, is that the reason? Is because it was the, they are the COVID darlings. Now, someone with maybe more of a brain, and I'm, I'm not saying I, I buy into any of this, but someone more of a brain goes, Charlie, Goodell hates, hates Tom Brady. I would, say, I would say yes, but do you think Goodell hates Tom Brady more than he hates money? Fuck no. It is a very convenient thing. Sorry for the paper uh, there. It's a very convenient thing for the NFL to get Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at home in the era of COVID. It saves on a lot of dollar bills. And that's going to be good for the NFL moving forward as they recoup a ton of losses from this season. All right, let's move on. I'm sure we're going to get more stuff coming in. We're going to continue to talk about the offseason. We'll, we'll look ahead at some point, probably tomorrow, um, and then start really kind of ramping up our offseason coverage. But now we focus on basketball. Now we have the Milwaukee Bucks or whichever college team you root for, Marquette or Wisconsin. Those are your teams for the time being until the Brewers come around. And there were some storylines from this weekend. Um, we'll kind of go, we'll do a sandwich. The colleges will be the bread and the NBA will be the meat. Let's call it a, a nice burger, like a good homemade burger. I'm making that on Friday. Pretty, pretty psyched for it. All right. First part of the bread is your Marquette Golden Eagles, who lost to DePaul at home. Second time they've lost to the ball at home under the Wojo administration. Marquette is underachieving yet again under Wojo, and no one gives a fuck. No one cares. And I made a comment a couple weeks ago. I don't know when, but I basically said Marquette is on its way to becoming Herb Cole's Bucks. That they are just going to be mediocre. They'll bring in good talent because of the rich history of Marquette. 
But at the end of the day, they will be a 500 basketball team and never really amount to what they should. And it's partly because Marquette has no money. It's partly because Michael Lovell is not a athletics-focused athletic director. and Or president, excuse me, not the athletic director. And that's a real problem. And Marquette's kind of in, I don't want to say a crisis, but they're, they're in flux, man. How can they keep doing this? How can they keep with a straight face and say, Steve Wojciechowski is our coach? If this was the SEC and this was football, there is no way they would have let a guy like Wojo survive for seven years. They would have canned his ass in three. The fact that he has gotten this long of a leash without any national media person, I saw one guy say something, say, get, say you know what? Maybe we should be putting a little pressure under Wojo's feet. No one does it. And I, I can't understand it for the life of me. The only thing I can understand is if Wojo's sort of a pseudo-made man and he does not in that sense. I shouldn't say it like that. But, like, he basically is untouchable. Like, he's Teflon. Like, it would take a major scandal for Wojo to get kicked out of Marquette this offseason. It's terribly disappointing because you just do this shit over and over again with Marquette. And it's never to that top four Big East level. And I, they have too much talent to be sort of this average-ass basketball team. So, and it starts with coaching. As for the Bucks, Tory Craig got some minutes, played 11, no Thanasis. Bucks might have actually figured out their second unit. I can't believe it. I can't believe that it took one game for Mike Bruno to say, all right, I got to play Tory Craig a little bit more. I got to give Bobby Portis actual minutes, not just less than 20 off the bench. He played 27. He had 21 points. He was really good against the Hawks. And I know it's one game, so I'm not trying to overreact to the whole Torrey Craig stuff. I guess we'll just wait and see to what happens against Tampa or, or Toronto. Excuse me. They're in. They're in Tampa. Tampa's still on my mind. Uh, Toronto's uh, Tampa unit on Wednesday night. If it stays the same, I think we're all in good good spirits. If it doesn't, and we start seeing Thanasis again, then there's going to be some problems. As for the Badgers, they also lost this weekend. Um, maybe not an elite team. I, I kind of talked about this a couple weeks ago, but this Wisconsin team is not at the upper echelon of the Big Ten right now. They're just not. I don't know how you can look at what Wisconsin's done in the last few weeks and say, hey, yeah, this team, this team is deserving of being considered among the tops in the Big Ten. They're just not. They, you know, they lose to Michigan by 20 plus points. They hang on barely against Rutgers and Northwestern, but the offense really wasn't there for Wisconsin in those games. And they they were struggling. I mean, they did not lead in the entire game against Ohio State. Ohio State won wire to wire. They led 51 to 38 at one point. And you hope as a Badger fan that this isn't the classic swoon like they had last year where they kind of swooned in the middle of the season. Now I think some of that was influenced by Kobe King, but 
I, I, I gotta, I, I gotta wonder about it for Wisconsin because it hasn't looked good really since the 28th of December. You go all the way back to that stunning loss against Maryland. Minnesota win was a good one. Indiana, they didn't deserve to win that game. I mean, Indiana puked on their shoes and it went to two overtimes. Rutgers, it was good defensively and good against Northwestern. But, man, there are some things to kind of look at Wisconsin and say, are we, are we sure they're good? Like right now, Ken Palm has Wisconsin. I know Ken Palm's kind of a, a Wisconsin guy. Like he gives Wisconsin a lot of love with his metrics. He right now has Michigan, Iowa, and Illinois above Wisconsin. And I think that's a good tier above Iowa, Illinois on Friday night. Cannot wait. That should be an awesome game. And then in the second tier, you'd have Wisconsin, Ohio State, Purdue. And then the third tier is Indiana, Minnesota, Rutgers. And then, yeah, I mean, it'll be really interesting to see what happens going forward here with this Badgers team, because I don't know if we, we can call them elite at this point. And I know a lot of people saw the Badgers at that level to start the year. All right, let's wrap up the show with Chuck's corner. Uh, if you're not familiar, if you haven't been listening, Chuck's corner is basically a personal story or a personal topic that's on my mind. Um, based on some feedback I had from some listeners who were like, Hey, we want bring back like the personal shit. Like, do we like that? And if you have feedback, Instagram DMS, Twitter DMS, text message, if you have my number, I am open to any ideas on how to keep people listening to the podcast and get your friends to listen to the show. So I was out at a bar on Saturday and Sunday. I know gas. Charlie, you're trying to kill grandma. No, I'm not. Whatever. So I thought that Wisconsin had sort of changed their rules on the bar scene. I thought we had got away from if you're standing, you're okay. Like you can stand again. It, yeah, we still, we still have a lot of our other rules, but the whole standing thing is, is back at it. That is not the case. I'll tell you why. So I, we're at Hose Playoff Bar of Snow Tap WI on Saturday afternoon. We're having a great time. It's kind of distracting me from how bad Marquette's playing. But they were, like, persistent that we could not be standing unless we had a drink in our hand. And if we were standing without a drink in our hand, you had to put a mask back on. Now, this is silly, okay? We're with a group of friends that we all think is safe from COVID. We're in a small circle, not affecting anybody. I don't really understand the point of pulling the mask back up to have the conversation and then pulling it back down when I want to have my beer. So it's just like these rules don't actually make sense when you really think about it. And then you had Uncle Bucks and this Harlow security guy. So this big dude, security up top, we're hanging out, we're talking to a few people. I decided because there was group people I didn't know, which I would prefer to just be around people I knew. And they had these little like stanchions 
I got, they're like half tables. They have no, they have no seats. They have no seats on them. And, but I'm like, all right, I would perceive this as a table. And if we're congregated around that, wouldn't that in fact be a table? So we get chirped at by one of the guy, the guy, and then he like yells at us the second time. And I'm like, dude, how is this not a fucking table? And one of the bartenders comes over and she's like, I know. And like, gives me like this sob story, not really a sob story, but like, we're trying to keep this open, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, don't, and I, and I, and I'm like, as a marketer, I'm like, look, don't fucking have these tables here. Then, if they come with the bar, just put up a fucking sign that says, "Hey, you can't gather around these. You got to find a seat, or put some fucking chairs around." But don't expect people to see a table and not congregate. And then, what was the most perfect part of this? And I, because I'm not an asshole. You might think sometimes I'm an asshole, but I, I'm not. Because I'm not an asshole, I didn't do this. But the same motherfucker who's getting mad at me for standing in a corner, drinking my drink, minding my business, not spreading germs around, is hanging out on his phone, not wearing his mask. He has his mask pulled down on his chin strap like he's a fucking college coach. So please enlighten me how that is helping. I I so badly wanted to just say to him, hey, it really looks like you're stopping the spread too, my man. I did. Because I I I was going to say because I'm classy, but I fucking hate the word classy. Because I just didn't need to start any shit there. I didn't need to like lay into him. Because he just seemed like an unhinged big dude. And I, you know, but that's never good. Like he was like Vita Vea size. I didn't want to fuck with that. Okay. Like that's just, that's just not what I'm about. So we still got a ways to go with bars and COVID. I've been a little more accepting of it because we're out of the holidays. Uh, my fiance is a lot of her family is vaccinated already. My parents are on their way to getting vaccinated too. So I feel a lot better about it. And the vibes have been good. It's just the the bars themselves are still struggling with it. And I think if we were a little more uniformed, I think it's time we get Tommy Barrett to kind of A, loosen it up, but B, sort of start making sure that everybody's aware of it. Because I don't think anyone knows the rules. I think a lot of people like myself, and this will be my kind of my final thought, a lot of people like myself kind of, pulled back from the bars during the holidays because we knew it was dumb. We knew that wasn't a smart idea. Now we're back and no one knows any of the fucking rules. So I think the reinforcement of the rules would be helpful. I guess they're trying to repel the mask mandate too, which is wild. I saw that uh, as a headline watching The Bachelor. By the way, quick Bachelor take. Why are there so many bullies, man? This is brutal. This is like mean girl shit. Like that Anna girl is like, I laid my life on the line to come here. You're fucking 24 and a copywriter, ho. You're you're nothing. <laughs> That's a meaningless job. You're only 24. Shut the fuck up. 
Oh, gotta love reality television though. Am I right? Yeah. All right. Take care. Have yourselves a awesome Tuesday. Hopefully all the stuff with the Rogers goes well and we don't have to have some sort of press, some sort of podcast that is freaking out. And who knows, maybe you'll get a late afternoon review from me on the socials. I hope, I hope to God not. That would be signs would be bad if that's happening. All right. Take care guys. Have yourself an awesome day. We'll be back tomorrow. Bye.